What is up, ladies and gentlemen? This is episode six of the Unfiltered Fitness Podcast. I'm sitting here with Luke Treveline. As always, today, my name is Seth Bessie, and today we're going to be digging into how to train for aesthetics versus performance. So, Luke, what is the key to training for performance? Uh, well, obviously, the big difference is athletic development, you are required for some type of either cardiovascular component strength power or you know even hypertrophy uh, component that's involved with the sport versus you just want to look good are two different forms of training so as far as athletic development or performance goes it one is highly dependent on the sport you're in Uh, a runner versus a let's say a wrestler or a basketball player of three different types of modality that you're going to be training for versus if you just want to look good and build muscle or just get strong, you're only going to be doing more or less strength training versus hypertrophy training. So let's just say you're training for uh, swimming, a long-distance swimmer. Obviously, you need uh, more of a cardiovascular component, more of an aerobic base versus a football player, which is going to be more anaerobic, training short, high-intense bursts versus the the runner or the swimmer, which is going to be long aerobic, uh, cardiovascular type training, uh, obviously are two different styles. Versus, I want to lose fat and build muscle. You know, it's going to be more of a you know hypertrophy with some strength training, with a you know a good diet and you know minimal or you know adequate amounts of cardio. Versus, you know, if you are a football player you don't need to run long distances you don't need to do long bouts of cardio those are generally i think where people make mistakes especially in the athletic development world where you know you got football players on teams running long distances or basketball players you know training for hypertrophy or more or less just incorrect training modalities that that aren't going to make them better at their sport it may make them look better which can be deceiving. You don't need to be aesthetically pleasing to the eye to be good at your sport. Although, it, you know, it never hurts to look good, but it doesn't necessarily make you better at sport versus I look good, um, but I don't have to perform well in any capacity, which is usually the big difference between the two. Right. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people, when they, especially if you're approaching, you know, exercising from a very newbie standpoint, what you just said is almost like, okay so like where do I go from there so let me just give you a scenario if I was pretty new to fitness and I knew that okay you know I play a pickup softball league every week and you know I work at a desk pretty much every single day and I want to look good but I also want to get better at this like just fun kind of sport just just because I want to get better at it but I have really no idea how to lift other than like what I did in high school, which is bicep curls and bench press. Like how do I approach getting into getting better at a sport that I want to have fun with, but then also, you know, just looking better as a whole, as a whole, how would I approach that as a newbie? Uh, I mean, as, as a new, if you haven't worked out in a while, you're out of shape, whatever. I mean, just a general strength training program, you know, starting with a linear program, you know, starting with a 10 to 15 reps and increasing up to you know heavier sets over over time maybe each week incrementing incremental you know in your weight or or your sets where you're eventually getting to heavier strength training and then starting with a a, a lighter aerobic base you know getting into some type of general 
conditioning where you're you know, maybe doing 20, 30 minute, minutes of light, uh, lower intensity cardio, working your way up to higher intensity, you know, box jumps, burpees, high intensity stuff, that just having a general uh, aerobic base and a general, you know, power anaerobic base along with, you know, a general strength base is going to be more than enough right. to get you going. And then if you were trying to train specifically for something, you would need more of a, a, a specific, you know, training program to get you better at that sport. What it, what it is is making you a better athlete. It's not directly, you know, your lifting or your conditioning isn't going to make you a better basketball player per se. It's going to make you able to perform longer or at a higher you know intensity or make you stronger or jump higher but that doesn't give you a better basketball iq or right. you know doesn't necessarily make you a better basketball player it's going to make you a better athlete which in turn is going to make you a better basketball player right you'll be able to do the things in between at a higher efficiency and you know you'll be more effective in certain things when it comes to your fitness and your ability to move and, you know, whether it's be explosive or have endurance, but, you know, obviously when it comes to different things like hand-eye coordination, you know, it's, I think that this is something that a lot of women, when we talk about training for aesthetic versus performance, a lot of women obviously have this thing in their head that they want to train for aesthetic, but then they end up doing so much cardio and right. so much, you know, low you know, like high intensity interval training where they really aren't lifting that heavy away. They're not really focused on hypertrophy training. So, you know, when it comes to obviously training for aesthetic versus performance, we fall into this trap. I think a lot of women do where I shouldn't say we, <laughs> we fall into this trap. A lot of women fall into this trap where they end up training for something that they don't even really know that they're training for. They do like this high intensity interval training and then they do these long forms of cardio. They'll spend an hour and a half on the stairs, you know, the stair climber and the treadmill, but they never really truly train for aesthetics. So getting into that, how do we train for aesthetics? Uh, as far as aesthetics go, diet is going to be a big part of it, right? You can't right. outwork a bad diet. And I mean, we both know that. Um, and we've seen every lot of people even coming to us they go and they work out and then they go to Panera right afterwards right right I mean that that's you're never going to have an ideal body shape with a poor diet but um you know you want lean tissue which is muscle I mean I don't care what any woman says I mean lean tissue is muscle you could call it whatever you want but you need to be lifting uh in order to build muscle and eating adequate protein to build that muscle and, and repair and recover um so obviously you know, in that 1 to 15 rep range is where you're going to be generally at for, you know, aesthetics, where you're going to be training to build your muscle, whereas sport performance, you may not ever need to really lift for hypertrophy. You're a cross-country runner. I'm not lifting necessarily for hypertrophy. I might be doing uh, some strength and power work. Um, if I may be grossly underweight and I need to put some size on, maybe I do hypertrophy work, but a lot of my, you know, lifting is going to be to create more ground force when I'm driving my feet into the ground, which is going to help me run faster and run longer. Um, so again, you need to utilize the correct training modalities for what you're training for. Working for just aesthetics, you don't care that you could jump super high or run really fast uh, versus I need to improve my vertical so I could get higher 
to the rim on a basketball or I need to be able to improve my sprint time in football or wrestling. I need to be able to, you know, grip stronger and hold people down better. Um, so you don't care that much as far as aesthetics goes. Right. And then like if I'm training for a sport, let's say, uh, you know, let's say I'm a high school kid and I'm, you know, in wrestling practice like you do. Um, you know, obviously I'm putting a lot of mental energy and focus into that sport, which is obviously all athletes are. If you're an athlete, you're putting a lot of mental energy and physical energy into training for that. Now, how often, let's say I'm doing that five to six days a week, I'm wrestling five to six days a week. How often am I, am I implementing my sport specific training into my weekly program? Like how, how many times a week am I lifting or, you know, doing cardio outside of my wrestling? Well, it, it depends on where you're at uh, in your season, whether it's you're in your off season, which mm -hmm. you're going to do more general strength training and maybe have some hypertrophy or whatever kind of you feel you're lacking. Uh, then you're going to go into your preseason, which you're going to do more sports specific into your conditioning uh, specific to that sport. And then when you're in season, you know, you, you're doing only a couple days a week of lifting. You're, you're trying to maintain what you built in the off season and the preseason. So you're only, you're not lifting five days a week. You're not going hour long sessions. You might go, you know, half hour, two, three days a week, uh, keeping your general strength and power up. Uh, maybe if you're a heavyweight trying to keep size on or something like that, or football lineman, you're, you're doing hypertrophy stuff. But typically during season, you're trying to maintain what you built in the off season. Right. And can you, I mean, like if you're, like you said, if you're a lineman, so I think a lot of people get this confused too. And the reason I keep asking you questions too, is I, I'm trying to see from the perspective of, you know, Joe Schmo who might be listening to this and trying to learn more about athletic development. And I'm just thinking about questions that they might have on this subject. So like, let's say I am a, you know, a heavyweight wrestler or a lineman and I want to keep on size during the season. Um, you know, obviously you're doing some kind of cardiovascular work, and I feel like I already know the answer to this, but like if I want to keep on size and I'm burning all these calories, I need to eat. Right. Right. So like if I'm doing all this hypertrophy training, I'm doing all this cardiovascular training, I'm burning a ton of calories. So realistically, when I'm in season as a big guy, you know, and I'm, I already am six, two and you know, whatever, 250 pounds plus, like if I'm already a big guy, and I'm burning all these calories, what would you say my nutrition should look like in terms of actually making up that deficit, that, that huge deficit that I'm creating? Uh, definitely high protein, for one. I mean, you want to keep your lean tissue. You're not just trying to keep fat on your body. You would prefer right? because uh, you're, you're breaking down your body a lot, and you need the protein to recover and repair. Uh, and I would definitely, you know, be on the higher end and you know, carbs, too, because you're using a lot of energy, and carbs are your main source of energy. Uh, with the heavyweight version, you know, you could you could afford to kind of eat a little bit, you know, less specific than let's say a 145 pounder or or just any other sport. But you know, you're trying to cut weight. Let's just say you walk around 155, 160, and every week you got to make 145. Um, one, I don't recommend you know jumping up too high trying to maintain a lower weight, which would be more of a calorie deficit. Um, but if you're trying to cut weight and keep lean tissue, you know you got to really keep your protein levels high because you're not going to if you're you're just basically eating carbs and fat and low protein. You're going to be losing a lot of lean tissue and definitely strength, which is a key component for, you know, a lot of sports. Right. I remember uh, just talking about kind of, you know, training for sports-specific stuff, and I had entered a jiu-jitsu tournament, um, 
and I had to lose eight pounds to make my weight class, and that was like losing the eight pounds with the gi on because it was a gi tournament. And um, I remember kind of freaking out about it at the time because I had never really done any kind of weight manipulation. Like I always just, you know, started to get heavier as I went through high school and I lifted weights and I gained more muscle and I got stronger and heavier and everything. And I've never had to lose weight. And I was, it was something new for me. And this is before I really got into training. This is when I was still working a, a desk job. But I remember we were going to jujitsu together and I told you about that. And you're like, oh, dude, like, you'll be fine. You literally just need to eat a little bit less. Like, right. whatever your meals look like, like, look at them and take a little bit of food out of it. And I had plenty of time to be able to prepare for it. And that was the first time that I've ever had to prepare for something like that. And I made weight just fine. It was like a month that I had to prepare and I literally lost eight pounds and like, yeah, there's different things like water weight, obviously. And I had to kind of watch what I was eating, but it wasn't like I had to go on this extreme diet where I was like insanely on point with every single thing that I was doing. I was just eating a little bit less. And I think a lot of people just like mix that up where they think that they need to go like so hard on something instead of making like tangible changes that they can you know, accrue over time. Well, I do think one of one of the beauty things about doing a weight management sport like wrestling in high school is it, it teaches you weight management. Now, when I was in high school, I didn't do it right. I cut a lot of weight, basically starved myself. But, you know, right. when you get older and you get smarter and you learn, obviously, like I have and you have, but you, you figure out that, look, an eight pounds over four days is not that big a deal. It's two pounds a day. I eat a little bit less. I sweat a little bit more and I rehydrate the day of the competition. Uh, but most people think, shit, I got to lose eight pounds. You know, that's right. that's a huge number. I, I've been trying six years to lose, you know, eight pounds. You know, <laughs> right, like, right. well, for weight cutting purposes, you're not necessarily just it's you're not all fat. You're not losing eight pounds of fat. Right. You know, right. you're gonna lose a little bit, and then the last day or two, you might, you know, cut down on the water. You lose a couple pounds of water weight, sweat it out. You might not eat breakfast that morning, weigh in, and then rehydrate and put on five pounds. You know, like right. that's kind of how it works. Uh, obviously, people do it good and bad. You see, you know, UFC guys weigh in, but they weigh in the night before, right. right? They can be 25 pounds lighter than they are the next day when they fight because they get to weigh in the night before. Wrestling, you don't get to. You have to weigh in the same day. Uh, and there's a whole weight management process there. But long story short, I mean, you, you got to understand that weight cutting versus weight loss are two different things. If I, right. you know, you always hear about these women that, you know, for their wedding, I want to lose blah, blah, blah. So they're, they're almost kind of... They're losing weight. They're kind of cutting weight, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then they don't typically ever maintain that because right, right. they just wanted to look good for those pictures. No offense, women out there. But, <laughs> you know. Do you think that's a mentality thing? That they want to just look good for the pictures? Yeah. Or, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, the guys do it, too. I mean, they want to look good for their pictures or remember it. But, right, like, right. why not look good all the time and have that <laughs> feeling? I, it's hard for me to understand that. I get, I right. get not show ready, ripped abs all the time, right, right, right. but like, you know, look good, feel good. You know, why do all that hard work just to, you know, lose yeah, it? Yeah. That is the most depressing thing when like you see somebody, especially like one of our clients, you know, go through this huge period where they're like preparing for this, this amazing day when they go and get married and everything. And then six months later, they look worse than they did before. And right. it's like, dude, it's so sad to me because you worked so hard for this and then you literally just threw it down the drain. You know, you flush it down the toilet because why? Because you wanted to drink a little bit more and eat a little bit more crappy food. It's like you were, it's not like you were miserable when you were preparing for this, you right. know? And that's a, that's a whole different story. But, you know, talking about like training for aesthetics, like I don't think obviously like what you said, I don't think most people are talking about, 
you know, when they when they click on this episode and they see training for aesthetics, I don't think most people are thinking about getting on a show and getting prepared to be a bodybuilder, obviously. No. Most people are just talking about, you know, shedding a little bit of that, that belly fat, getting rid of a little bit of that double wave, the tricep dip for the women. I mean, guys typically, <laughs> they want, like, their chest and arms to look good in a t-shirt and the girls want their ass to look good, you know, right. in a flat stomach. Right. I mean, that's general. I'm being, you know, generalizing right. there. But, you know... Not so we to get off topic, but I mean, you got to understand that those are two completely different training modalities. Now, sometimes when you train for sport, you end up looking good in the process mm -hmm. versus if I look good and I'm not training for a sport, I'm not going to be at a high performance level if mm -hmm. I'm not training for that. You know what I mean? I, right. I, if right. I do some light jogging, a couple of jumps here and there, whatever, I might be just keeping a general like sport conditioning right. or whatever. But I mean, I'm never going to be a high level athlete or high level recreational athlete. You know, I mean, 99.999% of people are not pro athletes or high level, whatever. Right. Right. But if you like to compete like I do or you do and still do jujitsu or run races or whatever, like right. I want to be high level that. Right. And if you're not training correctly, if you just think... You know, doing your normal bench squat, you know, I go for a run, do a little cardio, kind of mimic whatever I'm training for is good enough. It's not. It's usually, I mean, it's going to be okay, but it's not going to put you at peak performance. Mm -hmm. Just like if I don't eat correctly and, you know, do hypertrophy training and do the things necessary to look good, I'm not going to look that great either. Right. Right. It all needs to come together at the same time, which is really, really hard for a lot of people. And I definitely understand. I mean... You know, we kind of talked on talked about this a little bit before in a previous episode about how hard it is to be disciplined, especially when it's in your face. But, you know, if I'm an athlete, that's my reason. You know, if I if I'm trying to prepare it for a race or, you know, whatever I'm I'm thinking about in terms of sport, like you're doing wrestling tournament, jujitsu tournament, whatever it is, like you need to know that whatever you're putting your in your mouth is gonna come out on that mat. And, you know, in terms of performance yeah, it definitely helps if you can train for sports-specific, you know, exercises and all that kind of stuff. But if you're eating like shit, it's not going to help you. You know, it's a, it's it's like almost you did all that for nothing because ultimately your body is using that fuel and it's bringing it out on the on the course, on the mat, you know, on the uh, on the run, whatever you're doing. Yeah, and and as a coach and as it's still an athlete at 37 years old, the biggest thing I've learned over the years is the outside of the physical conditioning you need mental conditioning if you can't mentally withstand you know obstacles and things that happen you know bad days a loss any of that shit if you can't handle those things and you're going to spiral backwards every single time you're never going to excel and you're never mm -hmm. going to be high level mm -hmm. you need mental conditioning as well and that a lot of the mental conditioning like we do like 5 a.m practices mm. not because we need the extra conditioning. It's the, I don't want to fucking get up. I don't right. want to be here, but I'm going to do it anyway because I know it's good for me. Right. And every time you do those extra little things, you stay after, you do more, you read, you don't put the fucking muffin in your mouth when you want it, you know, <laughs> and, and you actually restrain yourself, you get mentally tougher. And every mm -hmm. time you do that, you're going to get better and you're going to want to, you're, you're not going to want to do the stupid things that are setting you back every single time. And that goes for aesthetic purposes too, not just... Um, you know, sports conditioning. But if you don't have a tough me mental head on your shoulders, you know, I always speak about being strong from the neck up. It, yeah, that's why a lot of younger kids, like, or people that haven't had a lot of bad things happen to them in lives, I know that sounds stupid, but when a lot of shitty things happen to people in life, they've gone through a lot, you know, loss of, you know, a family member, friend, divorce, 
dog, yeah, anything that's bad and it, it's happened to you multiple times over life, I mean, you got two options, right? I either tuck and roll and I get stronger or a lot of people, it kills them or, you, right. know, you know, they just can't get out from all the bad things that happen to them. And there's a lot of bad things that have happened to people in life that have been super high successful because they deal with it. They understand that this is part of life. They know it sucks. But I got to move forward or, you know, I got a family to feed or I got put, I got to make money to pay my house or whatever right. it is. If you don't have that mental, that mental chip, that mental mm -hmm. fortitude, you are just never going to be right. where you could. I'm not saying you can't live a normal life or do whatever, but you will never be the highest version of yourself. If you, you know, every time an obstacle comes along, you're, you know. You take two weeks to bounce back or a month right, or a right. year, whatever it is, or just never let it go. Those are always going to be things that keep you from excelling. Right, yeah. I, there's definitely a huge problem in today's world with people just having never faced adversity of any kind in their life. Like, of course you're not going to be able to stand up when you start losing, you know, you start gaining a ton of weight and all of a sudden you're 40 pounds overweight you need to lose all this weight but you've never stood up to adversity in your life you've never actually taken it on the chin brush it off and kept moving forward like you know and and life is going to do that to you at some point it does it to everybody and you know it doesn't really matter what's that rocky quote you know from from rocky balboa he's talking to his son about got to keep moving forward right doesn't it doesn't matter how hard you you can hit it's, it's about how back. hard you can get hit and keep moving forward right and that's what it's all about like if you know you can listen to podcasts all day long you can listen to this and get super super hyped up but you know when you get in the gym and you fuck up your knee are you just gonna be a crybaby about it and you know just take take all this time off and then you know end up back at square one in six months when you finally found them find the motivation again are you gonna find that obstacle and figure out a way to move around it and get past it because there's going to be obstacles in your life and no matter how many podcasts you listen to or books you read or anything, it's going to take that mental fortitude for you to actually make improvements. You can't just listen to information and then all of a sudden just expect to be better. You actually have to implement and it's hard. It's hard to implement, but that's why nobody does it. And that's why the people who do do it are very successful because there's so much opportunity out there for people who are going to take life by the reins and actually go where you want to go with it. Yeah, and you got to be willing to accept failure. And failure being, I tried, it didn't work, I brushed myself off, I'm going to do it again. I mean, right. if you're always pining over that one person that you're never, you're too scared to ask out, what if if they say no, they say no. Right. You know what I mean? Or, you know, uh, I've been saving up for this and just never want to, you know, invest my, my effort into it and just never do it. And then I regret not trying. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather try and fail than do the opposite I right because that's a i don't think anybody wants to lay on their deathbed wishing they did and tried more things <laughs> right just because they were afraid that the the person was going to turn you down or it wasn't going to work out right. or you weren't going to win right that actually leads me to my question let's dig into this so these are the the questions that we prepared that we didn't prepare for um <laughs> but if you caught that if you caught that uh <laughs> but um, my question for you is, is there anything in life, because we're talking about a little bit when it comes to sports performance, and I know that you've been in sports your, basically your whole life. Is there anything in life that you were like super, su like you felt like you super prepared for that you were ready to go and it just didn't turn out for you? Yeah. Uh, well, 
looking back on it, I thought I was prepared, but right. I wasn't. So in high school, my senior year, I came off, I took fifth my junior year. Senior year, I was ranked number two. I was going downstate. I was killing this kid five to two with, or no, seven to two with 20 seconds left. And I got tired and he caught me in a headlock. I went to overtime and I lost. He ended up being a runner up, but uh, mm-hmm. there's no way I should have lost to him. I was just blue at the last 30 seconds. Now, at the time, I was pissed. Right. Then about a month or two went by and I realized, you know, I spent my whole season trying to pin everybody, uh, you know, not getting enough mat time in. And, and I'll be the first to admit that I, I probably didn't try that hard at practice all the time like I should have. Mm. And I, looking back was the best thing that ever happened to me, even though it sucks that I lost basically because I wasn't in condition enough to finish out that match. Mm. But from then on out, and this is, I'm not making this up for this podcast or anything, I told myself I will never be outworked ever again. I said I will always be the hardest worker in the room. Maybe I'm not the best in the room, but I will always be the hardest worker in the room. Mm-hmm. And that has, I mean, really ever since then, I mean, I've competed in hundreds of things, and I'm either winning or right at the top no matter what right. because of the effort I put into, and I know how to train now uh, better, obviously, but... I won't let somebody outwork me, which is, in you know, my fault being a high school kid thinking what I was doing enough and knowing, mm-hmm. knowing coaching now for as long as I have and seeing high level, high level athletes what they do and how they do it and how they end up getting their hand raised in whatever sport there is that I knew, especially as I got older, that I should and could have done more, mm-hmm. and I think that was one thing I thought I was well prepared for and. I ended up, you know, in my opinion, I'm, I don't blame the refs. I don't blame my coaches. No one, you know, it's always going to be me at the end of the day. And I feel like looking back at if I knew what I knew now, you know, obviously that match ends a different way, but obviously you can't go back in time and change that. Right. Uh, but that's something I thought I was. Now, there are other things that, uh, you know, shit happens in different situations where you are prepared and, you know, what, like you, you were training for your triathlon and fucking yeah, I mean, bike broke, right? You know? But again, you know, you, you can you can say that about anything, but then you can also take responsibility and say, Mike, yeah, like I I was totally prepared for this triathlon, but at the end of the day, I wasn't because I didn't know how to fit, change my bike tire, which is something I should have thought about, but I didn't think about it because I was thinking, ah, I'm not gonna pop a tire, like I'll be fine. And sure as shit, I got five miles left on my bike course and I pop a tire, but you know, it's something I should have been prepared for. And at the time, yeah, I was pissed. I was cussing, throwing my bike at the ground, trying to fix it. But, you know, again, like you said, it's like, you know, if you can take as much personal responsibility as you possibly can for those things. That's where you're going to come out and end up on top on the other side. And, like, something I was going to ask you about that, because I've seen you do jujitsu. I've seen you wrestle, obviously. Like, is this just a mentality about, like, being the hardest work? You're never going to let anybody else outwork you. Is that a mentality that... um you've ever gotten like kind of almost exhausted with like yeah because it's exhausting right <laughs> just thinking about working it, you know? hard, like, right it is it's just like you want to take a break like t- believe me in jujitsu i want to tap sometimes or i want to not do the extra role i if somebody always asks me i always say yes we're wrestling i'll always go the extra run or all the extra mm. go or whatever and believe me but at the same time i think that's what made me mentally strong as I am mm-hmm. is saying yes to all those times I wanted to say no. Right. So it was like a catch 22 type of thing. Like, right. like 
God, I really didn't want to do it. You know, I, I don't always want to be on point with my diet or I don't mm-hmm. always want to, like sometimes I just want to be the guy, you know, not looked at that way. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it I don't know, made me who I am today. So right. it's hard to say. But yeah, I mean, definitely it's exhausting at times. Yeah. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you you start to hold yourself to a new standard and it definitely gets exhausting because at the end of the day, you know what you're capable of doing in terms of like being a shittier human being. Like I definitely know that I'm capable of sitting on the couch day in and day out and eating like shit and not working very hard and, you know, screwing around when it comes to everything in life. I definitely know that I could be, uh, you know, a shitty person in every area of my life when it comes to nutrition, exercising, work, marriage, literally everything. I could be a piece of shit, but and it's exhausting to work hard at not being that way. But, like, you got to just remind yourself of, you know, what's the alternative? You're going to end up being miserable with yourself. Right. And people are going to, other people are going to be miserable with you, too. So, yeah, it's just something I was thinking about for you. All right. And my question for you, and uh, this is hard for me, um, but my question is, is it hard for you to see close friends and family members that are, don't care about their health, be out of shape mm. and watch them right. suffer essentially or die or get disease or just be miserable in general because they don't want to take care of their health. Right. Cause it is for me. I don't like to see, you know, people I'm close to even clients right, that you become right. friends with I that know. suffer because they can't grasp, you know, the things that we either try and help them with. You know, my friends and family, I don't push anything health-wise on them. If right. they were to ask me, I'll answer, but they're grown right. adults. You know, right. sometimes I might interject a little bit, but you can't change people. Right. They have to change themselves or want to change. Right. But, you know, I don't like to see people that I care about suffer unnecessarily right. because they're struggling with their, you know, either diet or just yeah. wanting to exercise or be physical or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely. It, it, just like what you said, like the, all these people are adults, you know, like I can't make you do something. And at the end of the day, you know, even in your circle of influence, even in your super tight circle that you have a ton of influence on, I don't know anybody, you know, outside of you that my brother is pretty consistent, but like, I don't know really anybody else in my circle my brother my dad and then in my tight circle i don't know anybody else that is really consistently working hard working out being healthy eating clean like doing things for their health i really don't know anybody like i have a pretty fit family but direct family like my sister is doing okay my brother works pretty hard my dad works pretty hard but like my mom she never worked out like she was always she always ate pretty clean which is good but like she never worked out and she was just telling me that she hates sweating like she hates being hot when you start to sweat like and that yeah it's it's super frustrating but at the end of the day like you said it's just these are grown adults like i can't make you do something even though i i hate to see you in in this shape or in this you know state of health it's like you will come to me when you're ready and you might never be ready. And honestly, there's nothing I can really do about that. I can tell you, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with people, especially if I see them, you know, gaining weight. I'll be like, man, you're looking like right. shit. <laughs> like, and I'll joke around. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, even my, even some of my close friends that are clients of mine, it's like, you know, I train you, dude. I see how you work in the gym. I see how you exercise. I see, you know, what we do when we're in here. And I see you working hard. I know for a fact that you're eating like shit outside of here. And it's like, don't you care? You know, you're paying me to, 
to get to keep you healthy and to give you a program that's going to keep you on the right track like don't you want to utilize that and, and use me as much as possible i know i would right shit if i had a personal trainer when i was in high school or, or at any time if i had a personal trainer right now you know sometimes it's a pain in the ass training yourself if no, you know, it's, it's it, believe <laughs> me i like being pushed right right if you could go to a coach every day it's like damn i'd use the hell out of that right but you know at the end of the day these are just things that you know they'll do it when they're ready hopefully and that day might never come and you just kind of need to be okay with that and yeah like i have my grandma is is extremely overweight my great aunt is extremely overweight my you know so many people on my dad's side are extremely overweight and unhealthy and it's like you know what I see what you eat. I see what you're doing. I see what you talk about. You know, you could talk all this game all day long about how you want to start doing this and that. But it's like, I, you know, I walk into your house and you got a, a dish full of candy. So, right. <laughs> you know, where where is your desire really lying? So, yeah, I mean, it it sucks. But at the end of the day, I, you can't take responsibility for what other people are doing with their bodies. And know? that's I think that's one of the main my one of my main I think one one duties or responsibilities but as a parent is mm, right teaching you know my kids the importance of health diet you know mental health as well right. you know having a high self-esteem I think there's so many kids that just walk around with low self-esteem for no reason just because no one either talks to them about it or you know mm-hmm. working out improves your self-esteem dramatically when right. i lifted and get start you know being a shorter guy and in high school you start putting muscle on and girls right. notice that i mean your your self-esteem goes way right. out. you feel better you release endorphins yeah. you're better at your sport whatever it is people start noticing you, you feel more attractive mm-hmm. you know I, I i would never want my kids to feel that way nor right. suffer with any health consequences that they could have avoided obviously right. shit happens in life but right you know, I think my one of my main jobs is is teaching them the importance and showing by example that you know I'm not just telling you to eat healthy and work out while I just eat garbage and never work out. Right. Um, yeah, and you know another thing too that I was thinking about is like you know you you look at people who are extremely underweight or overweight or unhealthy and just in general, like. I'm way more concerned when I when I see my clients and I see what they're doing with their lifestyle. I'm way more concerned about who their friends are and who they hang out with, who they spend the most of their time with. Because, yeah, if you're friends with a bunch of delinquents and degenerates who are going out to the bars and eating like shit every weekend and drinking, then that's what you're going to do. So it's like you're going to have like good luck making any progress with your body if those are the people that you hang out with. Like if you're listening to this right now and you want to do all these amazing things with your health – like, good for you. Go ahead and get it. But keep an eye on your friends and figure out what they're trying to get you to do. Because if you're going out to the bars with them and you're, like, even if you're just around it, I don't care if you decide to, you know, get the salad and drink a light beer, whatever you're doing to, like, make yourself feel better about it. You're still hanging around people who don't value their health and who don't value fitness. And when you hang around with that, you're going to become that. So ultimately, I know it sucks to say this, but, like, you sometimes you need to find a new group. Find a group of people that value these things and then you will start to value it because you'll want to be a part of that. And, you know, 99% of the time when people are extremely overweight, out of shape, they don't have a good group of people around them. Or a spouse or, or a right, significant other that right, do the same thing. To do the same thing, right. So you need you need accountability. And, and you could still be friends that. with those people, just right. but not all the time because they're always going to have something right. negative or, you know, 
right. not impactful on your health to do. Right. They're not going to be a part of your main group if, you know, your main group is people who Drinking, are going to be healthy. Drinking, eating, right. bitching about their lives, you know, even with money. You hang right. around poor people all the time, you, right. you, you think you're going to have, you know, rich habits. I mean, you, <laughs> you got to find a mentor and people that are above where you're at and hang out with them and learn from them, whether it's money, spiritual, right. mental, physical, whatever it is. You right. need to be... It's like a sport, just like a sport. If you're the best guy in the room, you need a new room. Mm. You need yeah. people that can push you and challenge you, not kick everybody's ass. You're never going to get better that way. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much to be said there. But I think that about wraps it up. Thanks for ch chatting, hanging out. See ya.